Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Warriors with a three games to none lead in the series. Do you want to pack for San Francisco or do you want to pack for Cancun? I'm gonna take what's mine on Sustained Mavericks run right here. Players we're not used to calling their names so far in this series stepping up. They don't want to go home yet. Doncic drains another triple. Dallas Mavericks season not done yet. There will be a game five in San Francisco. Jalen Rose, I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What, what up, is though? it that we Boss do? Up. We get a people! What they want! Joining us later on in the program is ESPN's new special correspondent, Angela Rye. Very excited about that conversation, but I was also excited about the Western Conference Finals continuing to a Game 5 because Luka Doncic and the Mavs shooters were shooting and they shot themselves out of a sweep in the game five in the Bay. What do you think about this performance from the Mavs? Wow, wow, Wes. I wouldn't be the person to say I told you so, but if you watched the show yesterday, it's like I told you so. And you asked why in particular that I believe that the Mavs would win because they've already outplayed expectations. But more importantly, they got him. Ain't that what I told you? They Mm -hmm. got him. And Mm -hmm. when you got a player like that, almost like when AI took a game in the finals versus Shaq and Kobe, it's like you're not getting swept. And that's where it starts with Luka. And also the toughness that Jason Kidd has instilled in this team. And when you embody a terrific NBA season, Jacoby, you don't want to get swept on your home floor in front of the fans. And Reggie Miller, who was calling the game, alluded to it as we just teed this topic up. And shout to Finney Smith, who was making shots. It was great to see Bullock make shots. And Jalen Brunson has, has been terrific the entire season, in particular the postseason. But when people reference Cancun, let me bring y'all behind the curtain. Because there are no a lot of people Cancun. talking about Cancun. No one's going to Cancun anymore. Nobody goes there. Yeah. No one's going to Cancun. Nobody We're not goes spring there. break. We're not you know 19 that? years old right. going to spring break. <laughs> right. They got real money. Right. They go to real exactly. vacation spots. You can check them in Bali. And so one, of those, one of those hotel rooms over the sea. That's where they're going to go. Maldives. So what you're describing is how the money in the game has changed. Because I've been a player that lost and team didn't make the playoffs. That was in Cancun, (laughs) hanging out at Daddy-O's. As a matter of fact, rest in peace to the notorious Big and Puff because they were there too the time I was there. And for those that don't know where it came from, my brother infamously Nick Van Exel said it in a Laker huddle when he felt their season was about to be over. One, two, three, and he said Cancun. Cancun. The Mavs weren't ready for that especially Mm -hmm. in front of their fans. Now, however, there's another term that I help introduce to the lexicon. I ain't going to take credit for it, but I help introduce. 
It's called Gentleman Sweep. That's exactly what this is gonna be. And what does that also mean? You know, sports of leisure like golf or tennis when you have to be quiet when the person is hitting or serving, it's a gentleman's way of behaving, right? So when you're up 3-0, you know you're gonna win. You know mm -hmm. you're gonna win because mm -hmm. there hasn't been a team to come back from 3-0 in the history of the league, right? It's 146 so now when the Warriors close it out, 146 and 0 teams that are up 3-0 in the series. So you know you're gonna win. You gotta go back to the Bay anyway. But Mr. Rose, sorry to interrupt, but my question <laughs> for you is this: is I'm looking at the Eastern Conference, right? And these are two teams that are injured. They're beating each other up. They're blowing each other out. This looks like it might go seven. How important is it for the Warriors to win game five, to get that rest, to get ready to play the winner of that tough series? I know we're going to bring Angela Ryan to talk about this, but I have to say, I freaking love Steve Kerr. Like, I played against him. And people underestimate the fact that he has rings and things we sing about. He can bring him out. He got like eight rings. But for those that don't know, his father was tragically killed in 1984. And going into that game to see the level of emotion he had at the podium, and clearly it was second and third by so many people in his locker room and throughout our country, I reminded myself there's a score of the game and there's the game of life. And the Warriors will advance in this series. But I can't lie, I'm rooting for Steve Kerr. I really am. So how important is it for them to not just advance in the series and get to the finals, but to win game five to get the rest and to get healthy based on what you're seeing in the Eastern Conference Finals that you'll be following tonight? I got you, family. And look no further than this year's postseason. You saw how the Sixers play extra games and mm -hmm. ultimately got hurt and ultimately lost, right? This is the, what you don't want to have happen if you're the Golden State Warriors. You don't want to play extra games. You want to end this series. The one thing Kerr has done, though, he's extended his bench. It was good to see Kaminga play quality minutes also, and Moody's been playing good minutes. But again, you want to end the series A to get rest, B to avoid injuries, but also as long as you extend the series, the more confidence you're going to get a mass. So Jalen, I'm watching this game, and it wasn't particularly close, but there was one instance I was like, I need to talk to Jalen Rose about this. I have never seen this on a basketball court in my life. It was a free throw from Draymond Green. He shoots the free throw, and just explain to me what happens next. <laughs> the ball got stuck, and I've probably never seen that happen indoors when somebody shot the ball from in front of the rim. I don't believe I've ever saw that happen. Now, why does that happen? You got a flat jumper. You got a flat jumper. <laughs> oh, but even at that, it, no, yeah, you know that's my family. You know that's Saginaw pride. But in all honesty, you can't guess that. You can't picture that. Like mm -mm. he couldn't do that again if he wanted to. And that's the beauty of basketball. That that was crazy. That was crazy. We had a leak in the ceiling. It was just a weird game, and I look forward to this series continuing in Game 5 in the Bay. I also look forward to having our new colleague, Angela Rye. You've seen her on Jalen and Jacoby before. You're about to see her a lot more on ESPN. She's joining us right after this. You're watching Jalen and Jacoby. The Red, Black, and Queen.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for watching Jalen and Jacoby on television, but don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast where we always have exclusive content for our podcast listeners where they let us talk about the things they won't let us talk about on television. Coming to you live above the Heineken Riverdeck here, Pier 17, New York City. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. We have the honor of being joined by attorney, commentator, colleague, homie, Angela Rye. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be back here. As we joke about all the time, where it all started, this is my first ESPN show, so it's a pleasure to be back with you all. Well, we're honored as the ESPN family to have you join us, and we'd like to talk with you about some of the more somber and important angles in sports, and one of which is obviously the tragic shooting at a school in Texas, and Warriors head coach Steve Kerr reacted at the press conference yesterday. Let's listen to that. In the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we gonna do something? I'm tired, I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. Angela, what's Jeez. your reaction to Coach Kerr's Jeez. emotional plea? I can relate. You know, I sat up last night and, um, you know, you want to say, you know, your thoughts and prayers. You want to send condolences. You want to say enough is enough. You want to send when are we going to act? But really, the whole point is this is on all of us. This is on all of us. There is a United States Congress with the House and a Senate. And we've been talking about gun safety since forever, since forever. The problem is the framing. We we're talking about it as gun control. And there is this you know, this growing class of folks in this country who feel a way about losing power and it feeling like people are coming in to control them. But is your power worth the lives of these small children? I don't know if you read about them, but there were parents who were at that school earlier that day for honor an honors program for some of these students, young people whose parents and grandparents were looking for them literally all night and didn't have answers. It is the most devastating thing and there's nothing Nothing that can 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 justify that type of shooting, this type of um, outbreak that continues to happen. And it is a sickness. I'm not talking about mental illness, but the fact that folks in this country can be so wedded to gun rights that they will forget about the lives who deserve to be here. There is a there are folks that talk about being pro-life and I don't know what happens after an embryo becomes a fetus and what happens when that person is actually birthed here but all of a sudden gun rights become more important than their ability to live survive and make make their dreams come true fulfill the american dream or whatever else they want to do it is the most devastating thing and my heart goes out to their families and what i can say is i think this time i've been moved enough to action and i hope that we can all stand behind that and really do something different 
Wow. Um, as the founder of the school, of a school, this uh, really devastates me in a, a lot of different ways. Uh, what can be done for families and for children out there who are now actually afraid to go to school? You know, the truth is, I don't know. Mm. The truth is, I understand their fear. Mm. I understand their, you know, their parents' fear. Um, Leonard, who's Charlemagne the God on um, Breakfast Club, we were talking yesterday, and his daughter is like my niece, Amira. She has a, a, um, a field trip coming up, and he was saying um, because it's out of town, he doesn't want her to go. You know, um, everybody who mm. has a child who they love in their lives, they're concerned about what's happening next because Buffalo's not related to what happened in Texas. You know, they're, they're, they're different, but the common denominator in all of these mass shootings is a weapon called an AR-15, every single one. And so that is the question we really have to start wrestling with. Is, is, is a background check enough? Is access, are, are we allowing too much access to weapons? Like, it's just too much. We've gone too far. We think that we deserve a certain freedom that can put the lives of young people and our elders at risk. You know, that's the thing. So I, I don't have words of comfort for them. I don't have, you know, a safety route they can take to school to make this easier for them. I don't want to get on here and lie to kids. This isn't safe. Policy really has to change and there really have to be consequences. People mm. have to be afraid to use a weapon in this way, mm. you know? It's a great point. Um, you also spoke with mm. Brittany Griner's wife, Sherelle Griner, and here is what, a little piece of your interview that will air with her. What was the last thing she said to you before she left for Russia? It's the irony of all of it, you know, she didn't want to go back. <laughs> so mm. she just said she was so exhausted from always having to go overseas. And we talked about it and I was like, well, you know what, babe, like, let's just make this your last year of season. Mm -hmm. I was like, you don't have to go back anymore. Mm -hmm. I was like, we'll figure something else out, you know, when it comes to pay, because obviously there is a tremendous difference in the amount of money that she makes when she's playing WNBA versus when she goes overseas. If it was LeBron or KD or Steph Curry, do you think that you would be sitting here today? Powerful stuff, Angela. What else did you learn from Sherelle Griner? Ooh, so much. Um, I think one of the things that is most alarming, I've been asking people as I prepared for this interview um, and since the interview, tell me if you've heard of Brittany Griner. And I think that one of the most alarming things is the number of people who do not know this story. And for the type of superstar mm. Brittany is, I'm talking about a WNBA All-Star seven times, WNBA champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and you haven't heard this story? The difference between Brittany and any other basketball superstar in this country is where Brittany plays, and that is in the WNBA. And I think that is one of the tall tale signs that we need to do something different. It's time for us to place a different amount of emphasis on women's sports to ensure that they get the same respect as the men. Angela, I've been extremely outspoken since the WNBA started about how I feel like they get treated like second-class citizens based on the fact that they're also an affiliate to the NBA. And I agree with you. If this was a superstar player like a Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo that was being detained, it would be front-page news on every station and every channel. That's why we here at Jalen and Jacoby make sure that we acknowledge Brittany Griner every day on our show. But I want to ask you, 
did you guys talk about the pay in the WNBA? And that ultimately is the reason why she was playing overseas. Yes, I think um, it's, you know, not unique to Brittany. There are a number of WNBA players in the offseason, which, of course, we know is much shorter than the guys. They go overseas. Brittany was earning four times her WNBA salary in Russia, right? So there's no question. It's mm. very clear um, why she's going. Uh, Brittany, uh, Brittany's wife, Sherelle, says in this piece that she did not want to go. She was very clear about that. She talks about... Mm you know, why Brittany chose to go. She talks about Brittany being the breadwinner, the glue for this family. There's no question why Brittany has to go. And again, when you look at someone who has the stats that Brittany has, um, the accolades and accomplishments that Brittany has, if it were a player in the NBA, they would not be going overseas. And maybe in some instances, not even allowed to go overseas to supplement their income, right, to do this. So I would, I would really challenge some of the companies, right, that do business with the WNBA. Are your marketing deals sufficient, right? How are these players um, allowed to earn capital outside of the league? Are you audience members who go to games and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go to this one game. I gotta be honest with you all. I went to my first WNBA game in years, the season opener, where I got to see BG42 on the court, but Brittany wasn't playing. It's her initials on the court because mm. she is not here. And I think that is something that we all have a collective responsibility to ensure that we get her back. They started a website, wearebg.org, asking people to sign the petition. It's almost been 100 days. So once we get to that 100-day mark, today's day 97, let's make sure that we have enough signatures on that petition to get Brittany home. Mm -hmm. I'll be signing that later today after the recording. Now... Angela, you also have another Absolutely. piece coming out today in addition to your interview with Sherelle. You have a piece about the two-year anniversary of George Floyd. Now, we remember that summer. There was so much enthusiasm to, to spark change and to make things happen in the executive offices and on the streets and police reform. Here we are checking in two years later. How do you think things have changed in the last two years? Ooh. So, um, Jacoby, as you may recall, the first interview that we ever did together on this show was around George Floyd. Um, and not enough has changed. Mm. You know, there was this huge outcry. There was um, so much hope, I think, that I initially had around a shift in this country's consciousness, right, around racial justice. There were so many commitments to the tune of $50 billion from corporations. You know, the NBA, the MLB, um, and the NFL all made financial commitments as well. Um, we saw for the first time uh, arenas being used as voting centers. There was a, there was a huge shift. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of that, we have to say what has really changed. There are still black folks dying at the hands of police, right? Um, there's still racism. We just saw that in a Buffalo shooting. And so, and, and mm -hmm. to make it all worse, now there's this all out fight um, to prevent black history and real history from being taught in school, something I know you can certainly appreciate, Jalen, as the founder of one. And it's they call it critical mm. race theory. No, it's just truth in history books. Y'all have been lying in history books for a long time. But even having that argument and using that, there was a governor, Governor Abbott yesterday, used critical race theory in responding to this mass shooting, right? So not enough mm. has shifted. People are so uncomfortable with what it might mean to share power with what it might mean to be fair and just to all peoples on this on this on this land that they are willing to fight history. 
So when I reflect back on why George Floyd had to die, not that it was his choice, but I don't believe that enough has changed. And I do believe that it's still dangerous for far too many people in this country. And we do have an obligation to continue to shift that. So we have to call it out. We have to call it out, not enough has changed. Your amazing piece was a deep dive into who George Floyd was as a man. What is something you want people to take away from him as a human being after checking out this piece? Well, I would say to some of the folks who might be watching that may be a little uncomfortable, right, with us even wrestling with the phrase like Black Lives Matter, I would tell them that just as they tune in to watch this show, so did George Floyd. He was an athlete. He played football. He played basketball, scholarships for both. He loved sports. Um, Jalen, I know you got a bunch of hip-hop artists behind you. He might, he made a couple of appearance on some uh, some mixtapes mm -hmm. um, based on where he was in, in Houston, chopped and screwed, <laughs> right? And so I think that we have mm -hmm. to understand that there was this whole human being before he became a martyr, um, not by his own choice. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember the human being, right? Um, his daughter said famously, my daddy changed the world. And I'm willing to bet you that Gianna Floyd didn't want him to have to change it in this mm. way. Wow, powerful. Mm. You can see Angela's well interview said. with Sherelle Griner on Countdown. You can also see the George Floyd piece all over ESPN and online. Thank you so much, not just for joining us, but for joining the ESPN family. Look forward to having you back soon. Thank you so much. We'll be back right after this. Thanks you are watching Jalen and Jacoby. Pivotal game five tonight at 8.30 on ESPN. Who's going to take the 3-2 series lead between the Celtics and the Heat? Find out. 8.30 tonight on ESPN. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby, Jalen Rose. There's been two things that have really made this series this series, blowouts and injuries. Take a look at this list of players on the Heat and the Celtics that are either currently or have dealt with injuries in this series. Is this simply gonna be a series of who's the healthiest? Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see if Marcus Smart returns. The Celtics did a good job of responding without him. Robert Williams is the key. When he plays, Bam is pedestrian. When he doesn't play, Bam has been outstanding. Also, they're going to need Jimmy Butler, if you're the Miami Heat, to respond to having a poor game and get mid-20s. But Kyle Lowry has to play better and give him something at the point. Victor Oladipo has been found money for them at the end of the season. I think he responds. The Miami Heat find a way to take a 3-2 lead tonight. Hopefully they can get the performances out of Victor Oladipo and Duncan Robinson that they got in that blowout loss in Game 4. So excited to watch this one. So excited to have Angela Rye on the show. want to say thank you to her. So excited to come back tomorrow, every day, ESPN2 thank you. at 4 p.m. Thank you. We always say we get the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast-exclusive content for our podcast listeners. Jalen Rose, I want to talk to you about the playoffs a little bit. We earlier discussed the series, but let's talk about the playoffs as a whole. There has been 22 games that have been decided by more than 20 points. That is seven more than the entire playoffs of last year. The last time we had a game, there was a one possession game with two minutes left, which isn't that rare. Game five, Bucks Celtics, which was like 15 days ago. Wow. And these blowouts have been so interesting and crazy that I can't even go to sleep in the third quarter because I just want to see what's happening with the Suns when they're getting waxed. <laughs> and the Celtics when they're getting waxed. Like, they've been train wrecky. 
It's not even helping me there. So Jalen, <laughs> what do you now make of all these blowouts? So a couple of things. In an NBA game, a 24-second shot clock, the prevalence of the three-point shot and the multitude of people that can shoot the three that are on the floor at all times. If you play hard, you can make a run to get back in the game mm -hmm. at some point. For example, the Celtics were down 26 two games ago. And even though J Jimmy Butler didn't play the second half, they cut the lead to two. Oh, and Bam hit that crazy shot the at the end of the two. shot clock. Bam got a lucky yeah. shot. That little, like, 16 forget, foot fadeaway yeah. thing. Like, he yeah. was surprised that win went in. His team is, the bench didn't yeah. even celebrate. They're like, did that go in? And Struz hit that yep. big three. Like, yep. they got a couple of big kind of crazy shots to make, to, to win that game. But it was almost over. It, exactly. Exactly. And so, first I want to acknowledge that. If you play whatever, you can get back in the game. And like the Celtics did, for example. The second thing, Jacoby, I think what also happens is the avalanche of when a team gets up, it's easy to continue to feed that fire mm -hmm. and maintain that momentum when you're already going because of what I just said. And usually when teams are blowing out another team, they making threes. That, that, that's usually what it happens. Or the other team is really turning the ball over. Like one of those two things, if not both of those things are happening. But the other thing I want to point out is players nowadays don't play high minutes in the regular season and don't always do it in the playoffs. So now what happens is when a team gets down 10 or 12, normally a coach before low management started to happen, will still leave their best players in and interrupt the substitution pattern in order to try to get back into the game. Mm. Nowadays, if a team gets down 10 or 12, you just take your player out of the normal rotation. Before it was like, you ain't taking out your best player, you're gonna try to make a run. So that's another thing that changed. And then finally, the next game mentality. We're down 20, X amount of time to go, live to play another day type of thing. Let me well, see what a, I can get for some other lineups. Let me get see what I can get from players deeper into the bench. That type that, of thing happens heat, also. Heat Celtics game four had a feeling of the Heat getting down early, you know, 18 to one famously, and then being like, you know what? We already got one in Boston. That's what we came here to do. Let's see if we can get Victor Oladipo and Duncan Robinson some confidence because we don't know if we're going to have Hero. We don't know if Butler's going to be healthy. It's just going to have one of those like, all right, y'all, this ain't our night. Let's see what we can get out of this. Keep everybody healthy. Not even play people in the fourth quarter. Let me get back to my end. When you're watching a playoff game, I always relate it to a book. Each game represents a new chapter. And so... You can't coach game four only. You have to make moves like it's gonna be seven games at all times. That's how you have to make moves. Like it's gonna be seven games at all times. 
I can't make this knee jerk move and now we're down 12 in the first quarter or 18 in the first quarter. Back in the day, your best player now plays 48 minutes when you get down early. 45 minutes when you get mm -hmm. down early. We got to get back into the game. Now the times have just changed and just different. It's a good point. I really hope this Heat Celtics game tonight is good, man. I need. I want. I want. I want to get excited. <laughs> I want to be on the edge of my seat. You know what I mean? I, sometimes I'll be changing the channel during these games, just seeing seeing what else is on. I was thinking about watching Below Deck last night. I'm telling you. Um, so this evening, what do we have planned in terms of the cut timing, the the suit? Like, what, what what's the plan for this evening, Jalen Anthony Rose? Welcome to Miami. Light colors, thin materials, mm. fresh flower possibly or a brooch or maybe just a pocket square. I haven't decided because I really don't know what I'm wearing yet, but I've dwindled the looks down to like three. You know, I had one look that I was going to wear that I rocked once or twice during the season that's like a blazer with like a, it almost looks like a robe. But I feel like that material is a little too thick. You know, a lot of times when y'all yeah. watching people on TV, their materials ain't tight. You know what I'm saying? They they wearing the same suit in June that they'll wear in December. You know what I'm saying? Your homie don't do that. And another thing that I see that's becoming a quiet fashion trend that people are going to copy from mine in multimedia, if you notice, don't wear a tie majority of the time. Usually I wear a collared shirt. That's buttoned all the way up to the top. You're going to see a lot of that. But when I don't wear a collar shirt, I'm, I'm going to rock a round neck. I notice you're going to start seeing cats doing that now. And I always sit back and look at the landscape before I do something. So when I do it and I look in the rearview mirror and see people copy it, I know I just got to move on to the next thing because that's the... That's that that that's that that's that's why you hope to be an industry tastemaker. When people catch up, you gotta move on to the next. You gotta give people something to aspire to do. So that's why I'm here, my brother. Gonna be crisp today. You'll be proud. I'm always proud, Jalen. Um, I had to grab something from your hotel room last time we were in Miami. So we were in the lobby. You gave me your room key. I was gonna run up and get it. So I get into the hotel room and <laughs> I got a little peek behind the curtain. The bed is covered in blazers. There's blazers hanging from curtains. There's blazers in the closet. There's pants in the bathroom. Like, it was just like stuck, like just clothes everywhere. Like, you just, it was like beautiful mind style. Like, you just, you just covered up the walls in all of your different looks. So you can just walk in there and just feel the combinations. Like, I, when I get to a hotel room, I put my stuff in the closet. You know what I mean? It goes in the closet, everything goes in the drawers. I keep it like, like, like it looks the same when I'm living in it than when I walk in the door for the first time. Jalen Rose needs to spread it all out. He needs to spread it out and move spread in. Spread my wings get to comfy. fly away. Because you're on the road because for a while I'm flipping now. the you blazer. You go back and remix before the finals, Yeah, man. Right? Is someone working on your finals looks right now? Nah. Someone's yeah, I'm working, working on, on your new, new, right new finals look. Yes, yes, working on them right now. I got, I, I, I'll tease one look for you. You saw me wear like a, um, a beige dress jogging suit with like the boot cut pants. Well, I'm gonna do a suit like that. Yeah, I'm very concerned for about the finals. This. I'm very concerned about this. But you don't know what can see the pants cold. behind the desk. 
I know, but see, when you're a, when, when you're a fashionista, <laughs> you do the look head to toe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't worry about if it's going to be seen on TV because here's another TV where it's going to be seen. Your phone. Because I'm going to post it. <laughs> the one thing I learned also, there's not 8 million people that's going to see it like on ABC, but It'd be a couple hundred thousand to see it on the ground. There you go. Continuing with our podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners, Jalen is trying to turn our attention to something that was low-key released yesterday, the All-NBA team's first team. Book, Doncic, Giannis, Tatum, Jokic, second team, Curry, Morant, DeRozan, Durant, Embiid, third team, Chris Paul, Trey Young, LeBron James, Pascal Siakam, Carl Anthony Towns. I guess the only real piece of maybe, maybe not contention would be, do you think Joel Embiid should have made first team either alongside Jokic or instead of Jokic? Here's basic math. The guy that wins MVP should be first team. Mm-hmm. And he's won MVP the last two years, so he's first team. So now as a voter, do you make Joel Embiid a forward and deplete third team center. You see what I mean? Yep. The, the, the positions on the ballot is what make Joel Embiid end up on second, not his performance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the you, positioning of the players. If you only can take one center, he plays center. The guy that won MVP has been first team the last couple of years. It just, it just, based on the positioning and the ballots. It's not necessarily um, that he doesn't deserve it because clearly he does. He led the league in scoring. He was second in MVP. Joel Embiid definitely gets it done for the ones who get it done. It's brought to you by Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry backed by 24-7 support and access to product specialists. You can call, click Granger.com or stop by any one of the many Granger locations. Now, Jalen. A couple things I want to discuss with you, some very important news that matters, okay? Number one, scientists have discovered dolphins can recognize each other by tasting each other's pee. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when, uh, well, well, first off, I didn't. I didn't realize that that was actually a thing for humans. Sadly, until the sickness of the stories that R. Kelly and the video of him um, back in the day, like mm-hmm. I, that was just so very disturbing. And um, I'm glad he got punished. And the other time I kind of heard something about that was like when Biggie mentioned it in the song. Yeah, I didn't, when he I didn't was like, like that. That wasn't sexy to me. A girl asked him to do that. I yes. didn't either. No, no, no. And then, no. Right. That, but, that, but, but, but those are like the only times. I don't know if that's just like bizarre. Like I don't even know why that became a, a, a conversation piece or something that people was doing. But clearly that's not. So even if the partner wants that. That's not attractive to me. That's like what we were talking so, about yesterday. I'm not an let's, exhibitionist. Let's get back you know to saying? the dolphins, right? So we've, we've weaponized dolphins. They've literally yep. made like military dolphins. We all know what dolphins sound like. 
They're definitely talking to each other. We just don't understand what they're saying. But like, I have a feeling, and this is one of my weird theories, let's say 20, 30 years, we'll be translating species to species language. Like dolphins are talking. They're communicating with those little clicks and beeps and those little flipper sounds that they make. God, you remember Flipper? You're old enough for Flipper. So, Mr. Rose. Yeah. Do you believe in 25 years we'll be able to translate dolphin to English and English to dolphin? Yes, I do. But we're not going to really translate what they're saying. It's almost like another fad that started to happen in the 90s. And shout to Marcus Canby. But I remember standing next to him on oh. the free throw line and saw his big, huge Chinese huge. tattoo. He didn't just have a Chinese character. His arm. It's huge. His arm wasn't even that big. He <laughs> like, had to wrap around. <laughs> right. And I remember standing there next to him and I said, do you know what that means? You know what I'm saying? And there was a time where people were getting like different language tattoos on themselves and I was thinking like you clearly may not know what that means but yet mm -mm. you're getting it tattooed on your body I, 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 I believe the same thing is going to happen with the the animals or the dolphin translations human beings going to feel like we're knowing what they're saying but we're really going to just judge their actions and put that in the words so another one of my theories, we don't make a big enough deal about the fact that parrots can talk. Like parrots can talk. You walk into a room, the parrot will be like, hey, how you doing? Like we, we act like this is, a, this is not a big deal. Parrots can talk. Like how come we're not, how come we're not just having conversations with parrots all the time? I need a parrot. I think I need a parrot. So rest in peace to my beloved mother, Jeannie Cassandra Rose, who had a parrot for a really long time, David Jacoby. Really? I don't know if you know this. Didn't know that. The parrot name was the parrot name was Pretty Girl. Hey, Pretty Girl. True, true story. The parrot's name was Pretty Girl, and she used to keep the the parrot in the kitchen in a cage. And the one thing about it is that bird ruled the house. <laughs> ruled the house. <laughs> like, don't touch my bird. Like fly all on your head, fly all over you. It's like it was like remember the movie The Birds when everybody was ducking and scared of the birds. Like whoo, like the bird be flying around the house. Like get this parrot, get this get this bird. But in all honesty, um, I believe the name came from the fact the first words the parrot said were "pretty girl." That's why hmm. she called her that. Jalen, I have some sad news for the Jacoby family. What's that? We lost George the fish yesterday. We had a beta fish swimming no. out of the tank by himself. So my wife is out of town. So you know when your wife's out of town, the fish no. dies. Of course, it's my fault. I'm, I, I might as well beheaded the fish. So, you fed him too much. You didn't yeah. feed him enough. Uh, you didn't like change the water. So you he's know in what there. I'm he's like lying down at the bottom of the th of the tank. And I tapped the tank, and he moves a little bit, but he can't even swim to the top to get the food. So it was like one of them situations where I was like, do I have to euthanize George? So here's my question for you is, if George is lying <laughs> upside down on the bottom of the tank, the kids see all of this, and he, he doesn't move unless you like move the tank or like bonk him with the net or something, then he'll move a little bit. Do you just let him die in the tank? Or does he go down the toilet before he's fully down the toilet? So here's another thing, and this is a hood thing for real, for real. Regardless to whether we were poor or not, we kept a fish tank. 
And I not only was able to kind of manage the house tank, so to speak, I always kept me a little goldfish little tank type of thing. And one of the fish we used to always have, my mother used to always keep, is, is a red devil. They're orange and they got like a big knot on their head. And I used to always feed the fish or whatever. But at some point you can feed the red devil other small fish, mm. right? And to your point, what ends up happening is there are particles of the other fish that are still in the tank that clearly need to be clean. Now, there are other people in the family or whatever cousins that fall in love with the fish, right? Like you're saying with the kids, like what happened to the goldfish? And so my advice to you is if and when the fish dies, you gotta take it out of the tank and not let the kids see it. They just gotta trust your word for it. So the, the, George was in bad shape last night when I put the kids to bed, right? It's like two hours, you know, the game's getting boring. I'm looking over at George, I start tapping the tank. He's barely moving. I was like, you know what? To your point, Mr. Rose, I was like, you're going down the toilet, George. It's not like you're gonna have a miraculous comeback, George. You know what I mean? Like, there's gonna be no miraculous comeback. It's over, over for George. So I scooped him out, flushed him down the toilet. Kids were upset this morning. Oh, I didn't get to see George. I'm like, you don't need to see dead George. It's fine. We'll get a new George. Don't worry about it, kids. Well, that was an innovative way to, you know, get rid of the fish. And speaking of innovation, we're brought to you by CarMax. You can shop online or on the lot with home delivery in select markets with CarMax. If you're going to buy or sell a car, make sure you do it with CarMax. Now, if you call 985-80-Jalen, you can leave us a voicemail. If you leave us a voicemail and you give Reggie a shout out, you'll get on the show just like this. Yo, what's good? This is Rod from Delaware. Shout out Reg. Shout out the scholars at JRLA. Shout out David and the Jacobis. Yo, I have a cultural regional, right? Is it cultural or regional to take the price tag off of gifts before you give it to the recipient? Also, another question, right? When a dance move hits its peak, is it also at its decline? Think like the gritty, the dad, medicinal. Y'all be safe. Two great questions from Rod. <laughs> so, what uh, up, though, uh, Rod? Thank you for the call. Appreciate the love. I always take price tags off, most notably wine bottles. You know, you're going over someone's house, you don't have like a proper set of flowers or something, so you go to the wine shop and get a bottle of wine because they're cooking dinner for you. Gotta take that price tag off. Gotta take the price tag off of anything. However, another thing I also do is, you're getting a gift receipt with anything I give you. Because if you don't like it, I want you to get some value out of it. You just gotta take it back yourself. Definitely take the price tag off. It just, it's just tacky not to. And here's what I mean. The price doesn't matter is why you're taking it off. Good. So so many times, like if the bottle is $19 versus $89 or $189, that that that's insignificant in the gift. And I think sometimes when the price is on there, it allows somebody else to diminish the gift. Mm. Um the, the, and that's clearly coming from somebody that gives a lot of gifts. The, so, the, the, the second thing, 
Oh, we'll get to the dance move in one second. Let me ask you a question, because this is something that I do that I can't help, that I wish I didn't do, all right? I'm gonna make a confession here. Let's say I get a bottle of wine, and they take the price tag off, make sure the price tag comes off. But let's say I spent $89 on it, like you said. I will make some sort of hint that it's a nice bottle of wine. You know what I mean? I'll say, I'll make some sort of like, <laughs> just some sort of like, oh, you should probably let that breathe a little bit because that's a nice bottle. You know what I mean? Like, I'll say something like that just because I can't help myself. I have to notify the recipient that is a valuable bottle of wine, not like some, you know, barefoot vineyard. Well, that's just your ego. You should stop mm-hmm. that. I know I should stop that. It's a confession. That's just your ego. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, 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 I got, I got, I got, I got something that equals that. No different than when you at a strip club and you throwing money, I'm gonna distill it down to everybody else's life. First off, when you at a strip club and you throwing money, that's for everybody else, not the performer, because you could just give the performer the money. You don't have to throw it in the air. It's a lot easier. You're making them do work. Yeah, and it just, you know, I don't want them to have to pick it up off the floor. I mean, you know, that just just seems a little rude. Mm -hmm. Um, But but here's a distilled example that people can appreciate. When your place is and you leave a tip, trying to make sure the person that you tip, whether you put it in like a can or something, sees you what you put in, and or other people see that you're giving the tip, like to a valet, like to a bellman, are you giving them the tip inconspicuously, or are you doing it so that everybody else can see that you're giving a tip? You sound oh. like the person that when you're about to put in the tip can, you catch eye contact, you make sure they look at the dollar. <laughs> Two different things. The C Two that you're putting things. a five in there versus a one. <laughs> Two very different things. Number one, I, I need recognition from the tip recipient that I gave them a tip. It's not for people watching me. You know what I mean? I just need them to know they're getting it. So it's not like I'm trying to show off to other people that I'm a tipper. I just want them to know that I tip them because there's nothing worse than reaching your pocket about to give somebody a $5 bill who just made you a smoothie. And then they turn around right at the last second and you're on your way to giving it to the tip jar. And then you're like, wait a second. This person's not gonna know that I'm the source of this five dollars in the tip jar. This is the only five dollar bill in the tip jar. I'm 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 not giving you this money because I'm a nice person. I'm giving you this money so when I come back, I get treated appropriately. This is an investment, not a tip. Oh, I got fired up over there. I taught you well, fam. I taught you well. That makes me happy. Investment, not a tip. But I gotta teach you something else, fam. Here, here you go. Ready for this? You ready mm-hmm. for this, David Jacoby? Not only did my mother work at Chrysler for over 20 years, she also worked at a bar. And one Mm -hmm. of the things I want to teach you, fam, is when you walk into Starbucks, when you walk into the smoothie spot, when you walk into the local bodega, wherever you are, you think they don't know that it wasn't a $5 bill in there. Before people come in there, they mix and match what bills are already in there so that you always think they never got a tip. Does that make sense? So you'll see. Well, one thing that I always notice that they do, especially if they're like the the bathroom guy at the nightclub, they always hang like a $20 bill over the side. You know what I mean? Where they give you that like that large bill to make it seem like someone gave them a large bill. I know no one gave you $10 for the soap in your hand, dog. Like no one did that (laughs) in the world. You're not fooling me. You're getting $2 from me, bro. Um, I go to my bodega. I ask for two bacon, egg, and cheeses from like the sandwich maker. And then I go and I buy some stuff. 
I think I might have even left and come back. And then I grabbed the sandwiches and I bounced, right? That was on a Saturday. I come in on Monday, sandwich guy, pissed. It's talking crazy in Spanish to the lady at the, at the cashier. So I could tell he's mad and he's like 10 feet away. The lead cashier goes, he says you didn't pay for two bacon, egg and cheeses on Saturday. Ooh. I'm like, I thought I paid for him, but I'll pay for him now because I need to come back to this establishment. My relationship with the sandwich making guy has never been the same. Never been the same. Oh, he don't look at you the same. He look uh -uh. at you like a little thief now. Like I'm like I was trying to you know like disrespect his, his artistry and not pay, not compensating yeah. the establishment for his hard work. And yeah. I think I need to fix that. And you know how I'm gonna fix it, Jalen Rose? Tip him. Tip him. Here's a twomp. Here's a twompasaurus. That's Rex. all you gotta do. Here's a twompasaurus. That's all you gotta do. You know, a twenty a twenty a twenty dollar bill to fix that relationship. That's exactly. I think that's what I need to do. I think I need to do that. I also need to get to one more voicemail before we bounce. Call ninety five eight zero Jalen. You can leave us a voicemail. We'll put you on the show just like this. Shout out to Rod, medicinal Delaware. Uncle Jalen, Uncle Jacoby. Hey, it's Kels from Birmingham, man. Shout out to the South. <laughs> uh, shout out to Reds, Reds and Lids. Uh, I got a question for you, man. As far as the NCAA is set up, um, there are avenues for players to go straight out of high school so you don't necessarily have to go to college you can go overseas like Melo Ball did you can go through uh the G League as some of the players are doing right now do you see the USFL or some of these other football uh leagues taking over as that type of scenario to where kids will probably get tired of going to uh to college and having to stay three years to go to the NFL. Do you see some of these leagues becoming like a stepping stone uh, to the NFL? Thanks for your time, man. Keep getting the checks. Love you guys. One. Big shout to Kellen Birmingham. Great question for Jalen Anthony Rose to answer. Could you imagine that college football will no longer be the end-all, be-all, singular feeder system into the NFL? Perhaps other professional leagues or other methods of getting to the NFL will be the way that young men will find their way there. Did any rules change? No. As it related to the NCAA? Well, if that's, if that's the case, then... I, I don't see those leagues um, truly being competitive with the collegiate athlete coming out of high school, choosing to go to college versus going to play in the professional ranks and getting paid because you have to do it for too many years, unlike basketball. Mm -hmm. See, in basketball, you only have to do it for one year. You have to be one year removed from your high school graduating class. See, in football, you got to do it for three years. That's different. That's a lot longer. And so I, I, I don't see that happening. But we didn't talk about this on the show. And as a matter of fact, I need to hit up prime time to come on the show. I'm extremely disappointed in Nick Saban. As a member of the Fab Five and somebody that stood on the table for equity as it relates to athletes, and has been one of those athletes who came from a 
impoverished background and felt like I was being manipulated by the system, it, it just disappoints me that someone that seems like has it all in a lot of ways don't want anybody else to get a crumb. Mm. You know, that, 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 that really disappoints me. In the last maybe 11, maybe the, like the last 11 recruiting classes, Jacoby, he's had the number one class nine times. He's won the championship seven times, and he gets a blank check to be a GOAT coach in collegiate football. Yet, you want to stump on an ant. Proverbially, proverbially, like Jackson State and mention primetime and their recruiting of one player and acknowledging that that player got a million dollars first and foremost when he didn't. And second, didn't he do a commercial with Dion? Like talk about like somebody that's, what did Jada say? Everybody's a snake. That's why you got to keep the grass cut. So when you can see him when they coming, like literally he just did a commercial with Deion Sanders, smiled in his face, and then turned around and lied. And now I'm going to get to Jimbo Fisher, but let, let me, let me um, finish about Deion. Now you're threatened that an HBCU can recruit a top flight player. And they only got one or two of them, by the way. It ain't like they mm-hmm. they they swept the whole class, right? You're so upset that you want to say this. As much money and accolades as you've made off the back of the black player, like, like your entire existence as a coach could not be what it was without the black player. And for you to want to continue to suppress the money that they can earn from using, what are they using, Jacoby? Their name, their image, image, and their likeness. Like, you have a a problem with that? Like, I'm really disappointed in him. Like, I wish players hear that and punish him in recruiting. That's where I'm going. I, I think this is going to go bad That's for what Sanders. I hope happens. Like, you know, after a while, it's yeah. like, oh, you know what? You go to Alabama, track to the league. I'm going to go to Alabama, Nick Saban, world winning championship, and that's going to be my fast track to get to the NFL. I don't know. I think things are changing, I th- and I don't think he sees it. You know what I mean? Things are changing, it's a and new he doesn't see it. It's a new day, bro. These, these press it's conferences day, are bro. not helping when you go to living rooms. When you try to convince parents to, to, to sort of hand over the shepherding of, of their child's life, it ain't gonna go the same anymore. And shout to Jimbo, and shout to Jimbo Fisher, his a former assistant who just undressed him. I'll just use that term. He just undressed Nick Saban the way he deserved to be undressed. I do not want to see Nick Saban undressed. We'll be back tomorrow. Why is that? Channel Anthony Rose. <laughs> We're not done. We're not done. Like the Blastmaster KRS One once famously said into a microphone. We are not done.